I'm Cody. And I'm Alex. And this is Fringe Average Nerds, where we discuss the MCU and all things popular nerd culture. Welcome to episode one, where we're going to talk about uh, the first three episodes of WandaVision. Um, if you've been following us on Twitter at all, we were really hoping to get a, a preview episode up or even a first episode covering the uh, first two episodes of, of WandaVision. But unfortunately, that wasn't the case because life kind of sucks sometimes. But, uh, uh, life uh, finds a way. Yeah. But life uh, finds a way. But uh, we are here to... Uh, discuss the first three episodes now so we're going to give a quick overview of episode one um where i where we have kind of a uh, pilot setting up the new status quo um and then we'll dig in more with episode two and episode three as we go so uh first off alex how are you doing i'm doing pretty good how about you cody uh, i'm surviving you know like i was saying life is hard work sucks but we go on so uh <laughs> so uh first off we start off with episode one and like i said it is a pilot and it is just kind of giving you the uh gentle nudge into this new status quo that they're trying to build with uh with wanda and vision um i really liked i know it's a very simple easy touch but that but they do the uh marvel studios uh intro as they do with everything but they immediately faded at the end of black and white, which I was like, okay, that's, that's a pretty nice little touch. Um, but yeah, we've, we get, we get in right away in the episode where we, uh, get a, uh, Dick Van Dyke style, uh, intro. And that's kind of the mood that it kind of sets for this episode. And, uh, each of the episodes go through different, uh, kind of sitcom type, uh, structures for the for, for the episodes and the first one we get that dick van dyke style and i really kind of enjoyed it both from the sense of just being kind of a nostalgic tv uh enjoyer but also just the uh the trying to see the attitude and the mood that that we're trying to that they're trying to get it get us into and and uh mm-hmm. i find it fascinating what do you what do you think about it alex yeah, I think the whole aspect of it was very fascinating. Just the way they go right into it, like with that kind of sitcom style, like you said, it's just it's really interesting. Even though I wasn't uh, obviously around during that time of those sitcoms, but it's interesting. To, like I've seen clips of them before, uh, so I, I'm just interesting to see that kind of style again in in a in this kind of way, which is very ri- it's a risky move for, for Marvel to take, but it's it's as we see. It's been paying off, but has been the reviews coming in for these for this show so far are pretty pretty hot. So, agreed, definitely. Um, it's just it's there's a deliberate mood that they're trying to set with it, and it's a mood that as we get on, further on the show, we see that Wanda is the one that's trying to kind of dictate whatever this uh, pocket reality is that she's built and. It's very interesting to me because I, when you think about it, you think about Wanda. She's from Sokovia, which is uh, Central European, if I remember correctly. And so to have her have this influence of these uh, 50s and 60s 
and 70s style sitcoms that she's trying to build this reality around. It's like, I, I'm trying to figure out how and where she draws, draws them from. Is it just an idea from somebody else that she's pulled on, latched onto? Or is it, did they get a lot of Nick at Night in Sokovia? I mean, I, I'm trying to figure out how that, how that works. Or TV Land. I shouldn't say Nick at Night. Now I'm really showing my age. <laughs> Uh, yeah um that's an interesting question to that you wrote arise there it's i I don't know where she would get it from maybe just from whatever uh, just kind of stuff that she's seen before i don't know like she's come across uh, but i the one interesting part to me was the advertise the commercials that they had because those that especially that first one that was so dark the toaster, the uh, Stark, what was it? Uh, Toastmate 2000, made by Stark yeah. Industries. That's like you think about Wanda and her brother Pietro. They were, you know, they that whole backstory with them, with their parents blowing up with the the Stark oh. bomb. Uh, so yeah. that's like, and then they, I think they said, yeah, it was like it was either a to- I think it was a toaster that was like the last thing that survived the wreckage or something. And that's that's oh. really dark when you. Uh, like that. See, I didn't even realize that, and I, I'm sitting here also thinking when I'm watching it, I'm like, I'm waiting for that toaster to blow up. Because, like, uh, first uh, of all, yeah. we see in like Captain America: The First Avenger where Howard is a Howard Stark is a kind of okay but not great inventor. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. he's obviously very, he's obviously a genius and very talented, but he also it, there's just sometimes where his stuff just kind of is almost great, but then it kind of falls apart at the last second or something like that happens with, with some of the stuff, especially in the first Avenger. But it's like, you can tell, or I just felt like there was something that was going to happen with that toast. And it was like, nope, toast. And I was like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> and then we get that second commercial too with the, uh, the Strucker watch. So that's, a re- and that's another thing too with the, cause it's Strucker, uh, obviously Wolf, Wolf game von Strucker was the evil scientist who developed their powers. Yeah. So that was an interesting ad as well. Truckers being involved, I felt like there was something that they were hinting towards even more possibly with that. And maybe there is still, I don't know, but I feel like we're getting a lot of Hydra hints between the trucker involvement and then the, the outright thing, the Hydra, Hydra. So, yeah. And that's, We can get to that later when we go to that third episode, but there's another thing. I, I don't know if you've ever seen that, uh, the show, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., but it was actually... And I that with my research, and I just, I'd never seen that, and now I kind of want to go back and watch it, because I'm like, there's stuff I'm missing, I'm sure. There's, I mean, this, the later seasons kind of drifted away from the MCU, but like the earlier seasons were definitely connected to it, like, a lot, so I would... It's definitely a very interesting show to watch, but um, well, the, one- the younger structure involved with that with that show wasn't there. Yeah, it's it. The, sh- the episodes leading up to Age of Ultron were like a lot of a big involvement with him. So okay, yeah, but I was uh, going to say about the soap though. It was like the one scene. Um, with it, it was with Coulson. He was saying something about the soap, like he said the mind control soap or something like that hydra soap so it's kind of, i think they might be trying to tie something in there to that maybe but, interesting um, 
So I wouldn't be opposed if they ended up wanting to bring Coulson back into the into the movies. I mean, he's would... died so many times, though. Well, as we're seeing with the uh, vision, and I feel like that might be a good transition point there, we've seen a lot of uh, characters back and come, well, not a lot yet, but, I mean, it is, they're basing their stuff off of superheroes and off of comics, and one of the big tropes about mm -hmm. comic books is, like, you see the characters come back to life all of a sudden, because, you know, the person that died wasn't really them, or it's a clone, or this or that, and it's like, okay. So, I'm kind of scared to see them bring that into the MCU, but, but we get Vision back, and no explanation is ever given to us during the show, at least not in these first three episodes of how the vision came back or why. Um, cause he died, not only died, but died twice because of the whole time travel thing after Wanda killed him the first time. And yeah. so it's interesting to see, especially as the show goes on, like vision's involvement in, in all of this, like in this first episode, you know, they're in the sitcom mode and, they're at the dinner and they're talking and Mr. and Mrs. Hart want his, uh, his, his story as to, you know, when did they meet? Where, where, when did they get married? What's their, you know, what's their story and all of this stuff. And Vision's got nothing. He, he can't yeah. come up with any kind of response real or, or fake to try to determine, you know, why they're here when they, when they met all of this kind of stuff and it's they're just edging us on as to you know what vision's involvement is with with this whole scenario that wanda's building all right uh, and that whole thing where mrs hart is like going like stop it stop like it seemed like she was starting to catch on like that something else is going on like she was like just kept going stop it stop it stop like it was like a creepy scene the way that that, that happened like yeah eerie as heck and it's so interesting the way that she's playing it it's not like she's like it's like she's playing the part and it's almost like in a scene like if you've ever seen a live show where you're you're trying to kind of edge the the uh the other actor on to his line or how he's not doing his line right or something like that it's, it almost feels like that like no you're not doing it right you need to do that you need to do this instead you're not supposed to be dying right now yeah it's so chilling and it's also, you kind of start to get, and I love, I have to praise, like, the cinematography on this, the director, the, the cameras, the, the score, everything. The way they will suddenly shift just a bit out of the, out of the sitcom mode, just a, just a hair, just enough to make you go, oh, we're outside of our, outside of the quote-unquote normal space that we're in right now, or supposed to be in right now. And the way they did that with that and with scenes in the next episode is just so chilling and so, like, it keeps you so in suspense. Like, what is going on? What's real and what's not? I, and it's, it's so much fun. Yeah. And then you get to the end of that episode with the scene with the beekeeper. I, I think you touched on that, but, you know, it's that whole thing she's... She sees the beekeeper. Oh yeah, that was the next episode. Uh, they're kind of 
I feel like in a way, like episode one and two kind of like mashed together because it was they both they both dropped on the same day. So like time, so it feels like one big thing. And it, and I'm so glad that they did it that way because yeah. episode one, as much as it kind of gives you a both the status quo, but also b the way that the status quo kind of breaks for just a bit, and then just snaps back into the status quo, back into the sitcom mode that that one is obviously trying to construct it's so it's so creepy to me and I, I but in the best and most fun way because it's just like you guys yeah. like the husband just about died the wife's sitting there frantically trying to tell him to stop it and then all of a sudden everything's fine and normal in fact going to be great because he's going to get promoted or whatever yeah. it's like how can vision even <laughs> remotely see that as normal in that situation i don't know and it's yeah, like how did Mrs. Mrs. and Mrs. Uh, Mr. and Mrs. Hart just like get up after that and like act like it was okay? Like he just put yeah. his hand through, he just put his hand through his throat to get the piece of food that was in him, and then just got up and was like, "Oh yeah, you're promoted." Didn't it? Yeah, that's not supposed to happen like that, but okay. <laughs> so I guess with that, we can lead on to episode two. Um, yeah. We get to get the shift into uh, into the '60s and into the Bewitched style episode, which I was like, okay, this is what I figured they were trying to lean into with the first episode, but they were definitely dialing up the Bewitched mode with with the yeah. with with the second episode, and I was I was I had a lot of fun with that myself. So yeah, but, that was a really fun intro to watch there. Yeah. But it is funny that they are trying to uh, build a quote unquote build a magic show around about around Wanda dis- disappearing and everything, and you know trying yeah. to make sure that they show that you know that the that the magic's just just a trick; it's not real, and and so. Um, but one of the first things that happens that really. Like they're like they're the fact that they're already ready to break the status quo that Juan is trying to build is the is the little helicopter drone there that mm. they drop in suddenly in color for no reason and It's a little bit. It's a little bit jarring, and I didn't notice it the first time we saw it. But it has it has the sword logo on it, and I'm so glad that yeah. other people, smarter people, caught on to that because I didn't. I didn't notice it at first, and we get to start to see the uh, beginnings of the of them showing up with the with the sword agency here, and and just giving little subtle hints and nods to it, and. I'm kind of excited with seeing where that goes because obviously sword is supposed to be at least for the MCU, the, the new answer to shield and, or at least a, a new kind of version of what shield was or was supposed to be. And that's kind of interesting to me because sword, at least in the comics is like supposed to be the uh, extraterrestrial branch or version of, of shield, which I guess that kind of makes sense, at least for this 
for this uh, for the MCU for them to be maybe the uh, the extra dimensional perhaps version of, of yeah. Shield or the 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 side of Shield or sort of Shield that deals with uh, things that are multi dimensional or perhaps even uh, multiversal. If we if we want to go there, yeah, that's that's definitely an interesting way to look at it for sure. I think that whole thing was that whole thing is definitely going to be interesting how it plays out with how with swords involvement and who's who's actually involved. Um, and one scene was interesting, like the whole scene with where. Uh, She's like listening, or the radio comes in, and it's like, who's doing this to you? Who's doing this to you, Wanda? I actually picked up that I think the voice on there, I don't know if you saw any of the any of the rumors on that, like, I think the voice is, uh, what's his name? Uh, I forget his first, it's, his last name is Wu, but his, he was from Ant-Man, like the FBI guy from Ant-Man. Yep. Uh, yep. And it's funny because I didn't catch on to that at first. I figured it was maybe possibly some some sort of Avenger, and I was trying to think of who who it might have been. My first thought was maybe it was Steve, and that that's why we were getting all of this sudden uh, acknowledgement that that Steve's going to be part of the MCU again, which was which was an interesting little uh, six hours or whatever it was for the internet where we were like, oh, we're getting Steve back. Oh, wait, no, we're not. Never mind. Okay, <laughs> but well, I thought. Well. Unless Captain America is capping on the internet. Yeah. So I couldn't, I couldn't decide at first who it was supposed to be. And I'm glad, I'm glad of course that we had our, our friend, Dr. Internet available to uh, explain it to me what it, who it was supposed to be. Cause at first I was thinking Steve, and then I was thinking maybe it was Clint Barton, um, Hawkeye. Mm-hmm. I thought maybe he was trying to get through on it because they had a bit of a connection in, in, uh, at least in Infinity, no, not Infinity War. Sorry, in a Civil War, um, where he comes and re- and quote unquote rescues her from uh, from the Vision when he when they're at that safe house. Um, I thought maybe there that it was Clint maybe trying to help her out, and then yeah, I, I realized no, it it it's just not just I shouldn't say just, but it it's, it's Jimmy Woo and his, and him being involved somehow. Yeah. But that that is an interesting thing that I should I guess I should have realized sooner that this is more that this was you know the world that Wanda's trying to build because for him to be trying to uh, contact her and for her to kind of just you know basically ignore it and be like no this is what I want I should have realized more along the lines that you know that she's she's wanting this that this that this little pocket reality that exist as her creation and then she wants it wants it wants it to stay um and in that scene when she's arguing with uh, uh Dottie Dottie yeah her name yeah and that she breaks the uh the the glass and it and that her hand is the blood on her hand is actually red um once again, having just a little hint of color in the midst of this black and white world that she's made, we just get more and more little hints that, you know, this world is not what it's supposed to be and that something is definitely wrong. Yeah. Um, 
it's interesting just the little moments that we get like i said before just the little subtle moves outside of the quote the the normal camera angle that you kind of see with the sitcom type feature especially in like the 50s or 60s where all of a sudden you see close-ups or you see camera movement that isn't just abnormal for that situation and that's your hint of oh we're we're stepping outside of the normal uh the normal boundaries that that one is trying to create here. Yeah, going back to the the whole magic show too. Um, that whole scene with him, like, yeah, is he like he's talking to the committee, the like, and he's saying he can't, he doesn't eat. That was so funny. He was like, I I don't eat, and he's like. I don't eat between meals, and then he was, was like, "You want a piece of gum?" Well, I, I was like, "Well, you can eat gum, can't you?" And then he he actually chews and and ends up like down into his whatever his obviously not like into his robot body, and then gets stuck. Yeah. Um, so it's and it's it's funny how he looks. He looked like he was drunk when he when it got stuck there. Like that's he was acting yeah. drunk. At the whole the whole magic show, that was just hilarious. <laughs> I was like, I, I Paul Bettany is pulling off a, a drunk vision, and I am all here for it because this it was just so hilarious to watch him try to play that character, but but kind of drunk for lack of a better word. Yeah, it, yeah. That was so much. Yeah, it must have been so much fun for Bettany to do that. <laughs> oh, I yeah he. he uh, you could tell he was just having a blast with that. It was just so so enjoyable to watch. But but then they get to the magic show and he he has to try to perform in this in this sort of drunken stupor and he starts doing things that are unexplainable as as a, as a normal human. But Wanda kind of just magically shifting it, you know, just a little bit to make it make you go, oh, I see. This is a magic trick. Okay. But yeah. the unexplainableness of it, even as they're try as she's trying to make it explainable, like the piano turning the cardboard after he lifts it, and the piano playing guy sitting there going, "That was that was my favorite piano or whatever." <laughs> I can't remember now, but it was something to that. That was my aunt's yeah. piano or something like that. And it was just like these little shifts just keep happening, and. They, they are within the realm of explainable if you're looking at it from like the far out kind of blown up perspective of it but it's like each of these individuals can see maybe not each of them but some of them can see the little machinations that are going on and you get Geraldine at the end going well how did, how did I go from the back to suddenly being in the, in, in the box and it's and they never explain it to her and it's never no. explained and they just kind of go with it and every everything's fine and it's like you can tell the little things that they're trying to that she's that one is trying to do that all of these people are just kind of like going along with they're just kind of riding the ride they're not you know saying that it's right or wrong or that something is that something else is going on. They're just kind of 
okay with the cover-up. And it's like, yeah. something's got to break. And like you said, at the end at the end of the episode, we get that little moment where all of a sudden, for for no reason, Wanda suddenly looks several months pregnant. Mm-hmm. And then they hear a noise again, again, like they heard at the beginning of the episode, which we forgot, kind of glossed over and forgot to talk about. But they go out and they see this beekeeper looking dude who's got the sword logo on his back and turns around and Wanda in maybe the creepiest moment of, in a show full of creepy moments just looks mm-hmm. at him and says no. And suddenly they snap back to that moment where the pregnancy is, re- is revealed and yeah. we never hear from the sword agent again, or I'm assuming sword agent again. Mm-hmm. And then, and then all of a sudden everything turns to color inexplicably and we move on to the next decade of shows that it's supposed to be. And I I want to know what your feeling was about the beekeeper that we get. Like, what do you think that, who do you think that's supposed to be? Like, obviously, I guess it's some sort of sword agent, but the beekeeper is an interesting touch. Yeah, I'm not really sure who it's going to be, but it's a definitely interesting situation it's uh, see if he comes back or if it's supposed to be some sort of message that like i don't know like why he even showed up is it try is he trying to like push wanda out of this reality like she, are they trying to get her to come out of it and that's why it keeps this break going onto the edge like that like it's been doing over the like as you go on but I'm not sure if it's, is it supposed to be some sort of other, like, is the beekeeper, like, a different, is there, like, some other message in there? Like, I don't know. Like, the only thing that I could even remotely think that it is, is, like, there's a, have you ever heard of, uh, AIM, or Advanced Idea Mechanics in the, in the comics universe? Oh, yeah, I've heard of that. Well, they have these, they have those dudes that you'll see in the suits that look like beekeeper suits, kind of. And the heroes even eventually start calling them beekeepers because they look like freaking beekeeper suits. But AIM, AIM, whatever you want to call them, it stands for Advanced Idea Mechanics, I think. Um, It's a group that... uh, um, It's basically a villainous scientific organization. Um, Or at least it is until... um, New, until New Mutant turned Avenger, uh, Roberto da Costa, aka Sunspot, um, because of his father's um, huge inheritance that he leaves to him, he buys a- AIM from its previous owners and just makes it a part of the Avengers, which is kind of a hilarious, uh, savvy moment of, of uh, comic characters going, oh, I could just do this instead of just you know, fighting you guys all the time. <laughs> it, it's kind of crazy and great, but the, it kind of shows that AIM isn't supposed to be necessarily evil, quote-unquote, as much as they are amoral and just a bunch of science dudes who just want to do a bunch of science stuff and make money and that's it. And so that's kind of AIM's uh, nature in the comics, but I don't know if, if there's going to be any involvement with it, but especially since the beekeeper looked like, you know, an actual beekeeper. 
with bees yeah. on the on the headdress flying around for some reason. Um, it's just an interesting nod, and I don't know if it's supposed to be a red herring or if there's supposed to be something going on there where we have aim and something involved, even though swords also involved, and possibly Hydra involved as well. And it's there's just a bunch of red herrings that they're throwing up with it in this in this show, which I actually kind of love because it's like who or what is doing this. And what is Wanda's involvement in it and interest in it? And what is she hoping to get out of it? And what is everybody else hoping to get out of it? Because there's so many interested parties, it seems like, involved yeah. in this. And it's, and it's very interesting. And, I mean, I feel like that kind of can push us into episode three, where, you know, the pregnancy is quickly advancing. Um, the doctor that comes to... to uh, look after her. Dr. Nielsen says that she's four months along and that everything's fine and that and then that he's going on a holiday with his wife. And then um, we get the weird moment where Vision is seeing the doctor out and sees his neighbor cutting his uh, his hedges along his uh, fence wall type thing that he's got going on. And then he's cutting into the wall? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> it just felt like that was an interesting touch. Like, I don't know if there's something that they're trying to do with the wall. Is there something in the wall that they're trying to do with it? Are they trying to show Vision something, maybe, about the reality that they're in? It's like, hey, this hedge cutter is actually cutting through a wall. Something might not be right about this. Yeah. I, don't know. I thought it was interesting that... Uh... What's the guy's name? Oh, Herb. He, he, like, he didn't even like act like anything was happening. He just kept he kept doing it. Like, oh yeah, he just uh, acts like it's totally normal. This is what we do here. <laughs> yeah, we, do, we cut through walls. And, uh... So they're debating names for the kid or kid because at first all we know is that she's pregnant. We don't think that she's pregnant with two. We're just thinking one and. Wanda wants to name him Tommy because it sounds like a nice, a nice name, and and Vision wants to name him Billy because, I guess because of William Shakespeare and because it sounds sounds kind of like proper and everything, and and uh, it's interesting. It's a nice little nod, and we get to know the names that we're going to see when we eventually find out that it's going to be twins. Um, but uh. Are you familiar very much with uh, with the uh, with the comics and with the uh, Wanda and Vision and the twins? No, I'm not really that familiar. I've just I heard it before. Like I've heard the the names, but I never I don't really know much in much else other than that. Yeah, um, it's weird, like super weird. Like Wanda, you know, wants to be pregnant and. In the comics, I think he has Doctor Strange come and, and check on the kids to make sure that they're actually children and not, you know, something magical. And Doctor Strange, for whatever reason, is like, nope, these are definitely kids. These are definitely human kids and everything's fine. And eventually it turns out that they're constructs of Wanda's manipulations and that they're living because they have parts of uh, the soul of Mephisto? who's a devil-like yeah. villain in Avengers and Marvel, and 
it gets really weird from there. Uh, it gets weirder somehow than that. <laughs> wow. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, we'll see if it gets. We'll see if it gets any weirder from for the show. <laughs> it's just, it's it's so interesting that they're just jumping right into it and just bringing <laughs> into into the mix that are definitely progressing through. We get a nine month pregnancy in like a handful of days, if that. And, and it's just, it's so fascinating to me. I'm like, what direction are they going to take with this? Are they just going to be like, they're just constructs of, of Wanda's creation or are they going to be yeah. actual children or are they going to be, try to go down somewhere like the comics row that they're, that they're drawing from? It's very, very weird. And I'm so excited to see what they do with it. Yeah, it's, I'm really excited too. Uh, I just also want to point out too the 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 TV show that they based the episode three off of is the Brady Bunch. Oh yes, I forgot to mention that. Yes. Yeah, that was. I loved the intro. The intro was awesome. Oh yeah. You, it is so seventy fantastic, and it's 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 quite the spectacle. Yeah. But uh, so yeah, when she gets starts having con contractions, she starts to make things move all around the house, and Geraldine shows up and you know tries to help her deliver the child, mm-hmm. eventually children to a twin. Um, and she that stuff's kind of going haywire as she's as she's you know going into labor. She. And everything around her is just moving for no reason. She's like, I'm per- I'm sure there's a perfectly logical explanation for all of this. And it's like, okay, I know we're, yeah. we're all like riding the wand wave and like supposed to be playing the part of, you know, this is all normal and everything's fine. But she is riding way too hard into it already at that point. And, yeah. after, and then after she has the kids, um, Geraldine helps her deliver while Vision's out trying to get the doctor. Um, they have the children. Um, Geraldine, Vision and the doctor arrive. Geraldine takes the doctor in, into the into the kitchen while uh, Vision changes into his uh, Vision self instead of his human form that he's showing, presenting to everyone so that he can meet the kids as, as himself, as the woman puts it. And then... We get the we get vision showing the doctor out, and Wanda and Geraldine are there in, inside. And then we get vision talking with uh, Herb and uh, Agnes, and weird stuff's going on with that. Yeah, it's it started going really weird there. Like, yeah, it was uh, what's it called, Herb and. Agnes, they, yeah, they was trying to say something like, well, I guess it was her, but really mostly that was set, trying to say something. And Agnes is like, no, don't, don't stop. Don't say it. And like, as he's like saying, oh, we're all here or, or something, or because we were something, I forget the words, but it was like, we're here because, and then that's it. Like, yeah. But then also going back to like the doctor, when he was going, he was leaving for his trip to Bermuda. Or, uh, no, he. Oh, wait, no, actually, when he was walking, when Vision was walking him out, 
creepiest way. Like the yeah. you can't escape small town. Can't escape. And it's so creepy. And then they go to talk to he goes to talk to Herb and Agnes and they start talking about Geraldine and how he's not from there and yeah. he doesn't have a home as far as they know. And so stuff really starts to uh, not add up at that point. And then, like you said, they had the conversation about, you know, we're only here because, and that's all we get. And we get more and more of an inside idea to what Vision's involvement in, in all of this reality is, which seems like it's almost none. It's and it's very. It, I think that's when, for me, it really started to turn very creepy because it's like Vision has no say in this, and all of a sudden you start to wonder. Like I said before, we don't know when Vision came back. We don't know how Vision came back, and the thought crossed my mind of: Is Vision even back, or is he a part of? Is he just another construct in this reality that that one is making? And Wanda and. Geraldine are inside talking and I think that I think that might be the biggest moment is her her having twins and talking about twins and she's like I was a twin I had a brother and we get some really strange dialogue from her and, and Geraldine at that point it says I was a twin I had a brother his name was Pietro and Geraldine on for no reason whatsoever that we can tell, suddenly decides to say, wasn't he killed by Ultron? Mm -hmm. And just the sudden drop of hit of the name Ultron, I was not expecting that. And just for her to know that, it's like, how do you know that? What's going on here? It's, it's a huge reveal. And we get, we see the, uh, the sword emblem on her necklace and we see her eventually basically thrown out of the of the pocket reality that Wanda's created. And it's just an intense moment where we where we're just left reeling going, I don't know what's going on. And they really don't fill us in on any more. They just leave it at that. That's how the third episode ends basically is Wanda tending to the kids, Vision asking where Geraldine is after after uh Herb and Agnes leave, leaving us with just a bit of information that we have about Geraldine. And then that's it. That's, that's how it ends. It's like Geraldine's gone and we don't know anything more other than just that there's two realities going on at the same time. And one's inside the little pocket that Wanda seems to control. And then we have the rest of the world. And that's all we've got left hanging for us at the end of episode three. Yeah, and then you see there at the end, you know, they show Westview, um, and you see Geraldine there, like, just, that's where she ended up getting thrown out of, like, she just goes there in the middle of the, whatever the figure in, and I guess, I'm assuming it's sword agents that go on, that surround her, and see, and see what's going on with her, um, but it's interesting, I think, the thing I thought of when they went to that, like, Especially, it was really cool to see them go from like to what the aspect ratio was to like the like a kind of like a movie, like they put it into a movie, a movie screen. 
Yeah. Um, but, like, I'm assuming that's sword agents that's there. But I thought of, like, the scene from Thor where they're all... Sur- they have the whole thing set up surrounding the, the hammer. So that, oh, that's what yeah. I... Because they kind of have a similar setup there, it looked like. Absolutely. And that's an interesting point because we ha- we're supposed to, at some point, get... Uh... Kat Dennings coming in as, as Darcy Lewis from Thor yeah. to uh, to be a part of this show somehow, along with with uh, uh, Randall Park playing J- Jimmy Woo. Um, they're supposed to be, I don't know, the way I read some parts is basically that they're supposed to be partners and supposed to be helping out, trying to solve what's going on with the with this uh, with this uh, pocket reality that we've got going on here. But it's interesting because. I couldn't decide for the longest time what Thor's involvement was. I mean, I still have no idea what Thor's involvement is, really, but I felt like Thor was maybe trying to get Wanda to do this pocket reality, that they were wanting something out of her from it, and now it kind of feels like Thor is at odds with it, and that Jimmy Woo is supposed to be helping Wanda get out of it, maybe, or try to figure out what they're doing, but the way that Jimmy Woo words words it to her is what are they doing to you why are you why are you doing this and it's like what are they doing to you it's like who's the they yeah it's like is the they the the hydra is it they is it aim is it who who's who all is involved in this it's, it's quite the mystery they've built up here and it, it's been very exciting to watch so far and i'm very excited to see where it goes from here Yeah, it's a, it's been building up every episode. You just want more and more. And this episode, episode three, it seemed like it was over, like just in a blink. Because well, it was only like twenty six minutes long, and I was like, yeah. oh my god, I was like, that's it. But yeah, I think I, think I saw next week it's supposed to be forty five minutes, so we'll get a little bit longer. We're gonna so. get a big, big one. Okay, that's that's good. I'm very excited about it. Yeah, yeah um, so that's it. That's the first three episodes of WandaVision, and it is so intense. And like you said, they are just ratcheting it up to 11 every week, and just they keep amping it up, which you think you can't make it any weirder or any crazier than it is, and then they keep doing it. And it's interesting to see how they keep building on it. So yeah, yeah, I think I think unless you have anything else you want to talk about, I think that'll wrap things up for this week. And unless there's any other uh, news or other things that you want wanted wanted to discuss, very briefly. No, I don't think I had anything else. All righty. Well, I think that's it for for our episode one. Um, we thank you for tuning in. We thank you for following us. Um, you can follow us on the internet. Um, we have a Twitter page, um, uh, at fringe nerds, um, where you can find us there. Um, you can also find us individually. You can find Alex at Alex Pilar. Um, you can find me at Cody Clawson. Um, and, uh, we're trying, I'm trying to get a, uh, a Tumblr page up so that if we have any, uh, uh, visual companion any episodes that we do any kind of thing like that I can try to put them up there um, mm-hmm. if you guys have any questions um, you're welcome to uh, 
ask us, DM us on, on at Fringe Nerds or at either of our Twitter pages. I also have an email set up at FringeAverageNerds at gmail.com. Um, you can ask us questions there. But uh, yeah, um, until next time, um, we'll, we'll talk to y'all later. <laughs>